One of them did tell me, though, I heard that you're the Bobby Fisher of smoking weed. And I said, yes. And she said, wow, that's so interesting. Can you teach me how to take a B-rip, you know, in a dry creek? You're listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. We are coming to you live from Mom's Living Room. It is Adam's last time coming to you live from Mom's Living Room. Yeah, it is. It's a very special day. Adam, with the, yeah. with the gripes today, I'd like to do Hall of Fame gripes. Okay, what do you mean? Like, like what is a gripe? I have a Hall of Famer gripe that I need to tell you. Yeah. Do you have a Hall, do you have a hall <clears throat> of Famer? I had, a, I had a, um, a good normal gripe. I had a good normal gripe. What's your Hall of Famer? Do you have a Hall? Of, what's your like Hall of Famer? Do you have a Hall of Famer in mind? What does that mean? The best the ever? At, like basically the gripe that you have the most. Your your top gripe. I think I know what it is for you. The one that I've said multiple times. Just the one that you feel is the one you want to put out in the world the most. I think it's probably the coffee. No. Coffee good. What? I oh, can't you, say can, it? you can say it. Let's go to gripes. We're now we're in gripes. Okay. Okay. What's your? Gripe? I think probably my Hall of Fame gripe hall that of I've said at least three or four times is that. Coffee gets cold way too quickly. It gets cold in 15 minutes, and I want to be able to drink it for a couple hours, right? Without this warmer right, that I have to Right, you want to, to be use. able to sap it. So that's one of my biggest gripes. Is the coldness of coffee. Is that what you were thinking about, or something else? No, dude, my, my Hall of Fame gripe is people that do not use a password manager. Oh, okay. It honestly is, and I wanted to who, bring who it up. Who are you talking about I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to you specifically, and I, I wanted to bring it up because I think what, what people don't understand, if you don't use a password manager, you, got your, you have your passwords on a notepad, right, that you throw out or somewhere on your computer that you can't find. Yeah. You're a liability, not just to yourself, but to actually everyone else around you. So if your family needs your Netflix password or whatever, you have to give people passwords all the time. So when someone needs your password, it's going to be a journey. It's going to be 15, 20 minutes. Like getting any kind of login from you, Adam, is is like impossible, right? Any login. Someone asked me for a login. Ken- Kenny Loggins. Someone, someone asked me for a Kenny Loggins. It's like a Ferrari. They must never have experienced it. Have you guys, listeners, have you ever experienced asking someone for a login of some you know vague software and they just give it to you right away? Can you imagine that? I, yeah, I have because and I've so asked you my before. My gripe is to is people like you, Adam, and the amount of time wasted because you won't understand. You won't just use a password manager. I do have a because you need manager. one now. I do have a password manager, Noah. I use LastPass. It just doesn't work that well. But for every me. time I ask you for a login, it's like I it's use like the it. fucking. It's one like thing that Odyssey. LastPass couldn't figure out is what happens when LastPass goes to war right. with the Google Chrome manager. Okay. Just yeah, bad wore. things happen. They war. Right. Bad things happen all around What I found is that LastPass is just a lot better than Go- the Google Password Manager. Right. But they actually fuck each other up. Because sometimes I won't get the window for one, but I'll get the window to save for another. Right. And that's why when, I, when anyone asks you for a login, it's fucking Odysseus. It's Odysseus. I wanted to bring that up. Because that's it. How, isn't it annoying asking someone for a password? Isn't it annoying for yourself when it when you like have like an Apple ID or something crazy that you can't find? Apple ID is always the one that kills people. When's the last time you had to dig for a password? 
Anything else about password managers? It's just, you know, if you don't use a password, it's not just yourself that you're messing with. It's everyone around you, your family, your friends. People will like you less. You know, in the, in the book, Seven Ways to Influence People, that mm-hmm. stupid book? Yeah. The, the eighth way is to have a password manager. <laughs> people to like you. You want to make friends, make a password manager. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Noah. Yeah. I had a really good gripe. That sucks. I'm, I'm upset that you asked me about the Hall of Fame gripes. Why? Because you didn't. You weren't ready. I was going to talk about clothes shopping for men, and then a whole thing about it. Was that? And that's your. Oh, oh, like as a gripe. Yeah. G- give it. Give it. What's wrong with clothes shopping for men? Nothing fucking fits me. Not, no, no, right. no. Well, number one, nothing. Well, in general, men. Yeah. When I go to a clothes shop, the music is Retail made is made store. for about a fifty year old mom. Mm-hmm. It's just pop music playing. Mm-hmm. I'm in the clothes shop. I'm going crazy. I go up. I go up to the line. Finally, right after mm-hmm. you have to get someone for the dressing room. Yeah, the dressing room sucks, right? I yeah. go up in the line. Yeah, there's a humongous line, and they're taking so fucking long. They're chit chatting, the, right? They're, they're chit chatting. The ladies behind the counter are folding each folding and every each item. And every clothing. It's taking so long. The men's section at the at the stores at department stores is tiny. There's a bigger section for dogs. There's a bigger section for dogs, mm-hmm. right? There's basically no clothes there. Yeah. The line is horrible. They take super fucking long. It's not efficient. They ask you about the credit card every time. If someone gets the credit card, their time in line before you is 5x. Yeah. Here's what I have written down. Okay. Why it sucks. Number one, the music, like you said. It's pop music for either an eight-year-old girl or a 60-year-old who listens to too much radio. Yeah. Okay. The layout of the store. The layout of the store, it looks like someone, it was like, it's like a, who did the splatter painting? Was it Jackson Pollock? It's yeah. It's like a Jackson Pollock in there. It looks like There's a girl's no ba- It looks like a girl's bathroom. rhyme or reason to the clothes. And like- I, I realize that some of that is so that you buy more, right? Probably a little psych- retail psychology. So you have to wind around the labyrinth of the clothes. But, but it's very hard to figure out where things are. One thing that dudes hate is yeah. when things aren't, it's, when it's not like clearly labeled. And I can't find like, where is the, when does the men's section begin and end? The length of time in the queue or line, which we went over, right? right? How long it takes to get up to the front, especially now during Rona when there's less employees. You could be waiting that line for 25 minutes. Right. Well, like you we're talking about like untuck it. Right. They've like I think it's untucked. Whatever. Whatever. Untucked. Although nothing fits me, they've figured out how to make a department store for men. They don't right. play annoying ass music. They don't play annoying music. They have there's su- a, super fast checkout a, policy. Yeah, there's no line for checkout. They don't ask you seven times about the credit card. Right. They don't play annoying shit. It's yeah. very streamlined. Yeah. The last thing I have done is the amount of speaking you have to do to get in and out of the store. The amount of speaking. I hate it. The music is what drives me crazy. It's because you're, you'll go into like Gap, right? Yeah. And you, first of all, it takes you 20 minutes to locate the men's section because nothing is labeled. So you have to just wander around the store like a lost, lost puppy. Mm-hmm. Find them tiny little men's section, which is a joke. Mm-hmm. Right. No and I went clothes shopping. This, this is coming for this weekend. We went into three stores. We went into J. Crew. We went into Gap, and we went to Banana Republic. And Noah lasted forty-five seconds in each of them because they drive before me he went home empty-handed. They drive me insane. Yeah, you I just can't, I can't be it. in there. Noah, yeah, it's game time. Yeah, it is. Okay, what prompted the queen on the chessboard to be able to move more than one or two spaces? Uh, Which historical event? Oh, historical event! Wow, or historical person? Uh, it's got to be one of the uh, a female ruler, right? Yeah, it was Queen Isabella of Spain being so powerful. That is sick. The game of chess was changed so that the queen would be omnipotent, basically. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And once I was reading to once once the queen came in, it uh, like heightened the popularity of chess because it shortened the playing time. Oh, because he was such a powerful piece. Yeah. How long was it before? I think. I mean, you can imagine games without a queen are way longer. How did chess masters participate in World War II? How did they? They were code breakers. Okay. British masters Harry Golombek, Stuart Milner Barry, and H.O.D. Alexander were on the team which broke the Nazi Enigma code. I guess. So they participated in World War II. I'm sure in other ways as well. I'm sure as soldiers. So many soldiers played chess. Yeah. Right? I don't know. It's a vague. Very vague. Right. A vague question. Right. Like where's the men's section? Right. And Macy's. Where, where does, the fuck is where it? Where does the word checkmate come from? Doesn't it come from like the king is helpless? The, the per- Persian? The Persian phrase Shah Mat, which means the king is dead. The king is dead. The king is dead. How does Shah Mat go to checkmate? Right. I, I, don't, saw, I, don't really I saw get that. that and yeah. didn't include it in my outline because it just doesn't make any sense. How does that make any sense? Shah Mat? How does, how does checkmate come from just because you that? One thing, just because you made like a cool instructional video of mm-hmm. the history of chess, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it actually makes any sense. Makes any sense. Right. Who invented the folding chessboard? The one that folds? Yeah. <laughs> the, one, the very folding ones. I don't know who invented it. A priest who was forbidden to play chess, he folded the chessboard together so that on a shelf, the board looked like two books. I think he's talking about a big wooden board. Wow. Yeah. Okay, tight. Yeah. Uh, most moves of any chess game. Any, like, uh, Grandmaster game? I guess this is in, this is in the modern era because this, this game happened, like, 25 years ago. Is it over, like, 120? 269 moves. Jesus. In a 1989 game that was a draw. A 269 draw. Yeah. No, what's our topic today? Our topic today is chess. I'm going to go into the history of chess. Then I'm going to Bobby Fischer. You want to play chess? Then Gary Kasparov. And yeah. then Adam, what are you going to go into? I'm going to talk about the ELO rating. And quickly, what's the ELO rating? ELO rating is the chess, the current version of the chess ranking system and how it works. Right. It's ha- it's like a number you get based on how good you are at chess. Yeah. Like what is your what is your ELO for example? My ELO is twelve is twelve hundred. Yeah. My ELO is eight hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see that disparity? It's better to be lower. It's, do you guys see it's a disparity be there? There's a, there's a disparity if you could do math. Disparity. Then I'm going to do really quickly talk about the Queen's Gambit effect. Really quickly. Really quickly. Maybe not at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam, this podcast is sponsored by the Four Sigmatic Coffee. The very same. Whatever you are drinking, if you're playing chess and you know how to play chess, your ELO would be higher like mine than Adam's if you were drinking Four Sigmatic. If you're not, it's going to go closer to Adam's. Go to, go to www.forsigmatic.com. Use offer code DUDENATURE. That is DUDENATURE, all one word, no exclamation marks. To get 10% off your Four Sigmatic. Harder nipples. So you can win a chess. More and sex. And have harder nipples. Lots more sex. Oh, way more. Adam. Yeah. Begins that don't suck. 60 seconds tells everything we need to know to enjoy the episode. Are you ready? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, three, two, one, go. The current form of chess, Noah, arose in the 15th century after evolving from a similar game of Indian origin. Today, chess is one of the world's most popular games played by millions of people worldwide. Chess has been studied by computer scientists for artificial intelligence research by creating Deep Blue program to battle against grandmasters. It's been adapted into movies and Netflix shows, both fictional and real, and founded educational programs for impoverished students in inner-city New York. Today, we take a look at how chess permeates the culture at large, and we celebrate this amazing game that humans have played for such a long time.
No, what's our theme? Our theme today is genius. Genius. Not hard to figure out, but chess is awesome because it can be used as a way to to like benchmark or or look at geniuses. Yeah. Because it's a closed system, and so they can just put their brain to chess, and we can basically see how much of a genius they are. Oh, I, really? Because isn't part of genius to be able to create something out of nothing? Yeah. Well, it's a no, creativity. Like a creative genius? Well, the thing, so like one of the things with Bobby Fischer, if you don't know who Bobby Fischer is. B-Fish? If you don't know who Bobby Fischer was, he uh, was was the greatest and is still the greatest American chess player of all time. Mm-hmm. And one of, if not the best chess player of all time. And um, he was super fucking amazing at chess and basically an idiot at everything else. Like paying taxes, walking the dog. No, like anything else. How is how idiot. how so? But he had an IQ of 182, which is so Einstein had an IQ of 160. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 crazy. He was like an absolute chess savant, but kind of just could not do anything else at all. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that more. Like why that is, maybe? but I think it's interesting that you can. My other theme was the perfect game, because. In, in any game that you play, there's always, like, a break in it, you know? There's always, like, a way to break the game, but chess has been played for so long that, it, like, there isn't. People are still trying to figure it out. Like an edge, you mean? Yeah. Some sort of, uh... Like, yeah. one move that wins over and over again. Because people have been playing it for so, so long So think time. about it. Like, we played Scythe online, right? 60 times. Yeah. Which is a lot more than... The, Scythe is, is a board game. I think we played it more than that. Yeah. So Okay, Scythe is a board game. Me and Adam play it online a lot. When you play the game online a lot, you end up playing it a lot more than you would in the board game because the board game takes forever. Right. And so by like the 30th game, you never normally play 30 games, um, you start to realize that the game is breaking. Right? That there are some things in the game It doesn't that hold up competitively. It doesn't hold up competitively. Right. As in, some starting positions in the game are a lot better than others. Yeah. And you have a huge advantage. But chess... But chess... Has almost equal starting position. Has been played like millions of games, and there is no position that is or position you can get to that's unfair or opening that's unfair or opening that can't be countered. Well, the only thing is that white goes first, right? That would be the only asymmetrical starting position, right? And at a very high level, it is an advantage for white, definitely to go first. But what I'm saying is that any opening can be countered, or anything that that people have come up with that. They say, like, this is the way to play chess. There's always been a counter for it. Okay. Over thousands of years. Okay. And that's different than other games. Okay. Um, the history of chess, Adam. The history of chess. I'm going to start with it, even though yeah. you touched Can on it. Can I tell it. you what chess is? Chess? Yeah. Why do you, yeah. What is chess? We were at old boys boarding school when we have group meetings. We'd play a game called chess, which is while the teachers are talking, you and someone else lock eyes and expose your chess to them. And they respond by pulling up their shirt and exposing their chest to you. That's, that's an, one chest. Such an old boys. That's a one chest. And you try to get more chests. That's such an old boys boarding school move. Yeah. Yeah. The history of chess. Okay. Mm-hmm. Adam, do you know what the oldest game in the world is that we still play today? And it, and snooker. Hint, hint, it is Sno- nooker. Snooker. I, a hint, it's not chess. Ouch, ouch, you're on my hair. <laughs> the backgammon? Dating is, it Dating back, is, is it the oldest game. Backgammon. Craps. Ooh, backgammon was, yeah, backgammon, I guess, is tied for it. So the backgammon was good. Checkers is the other one. Yeah. Because checkers is so simple, right? It's just like, tw- it's a bunch of a bunch of little circles that you move around. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, they used to play ch- checkers in ancient Mesopotamia. Wow. Um, In 3000 BC. That's how long we've been playing checkers for, since 3000 BC. With the same rules, though? It's, ooh, that's a good question. I guess so, because it's checkers. It's like the same game. 
Yeah, but maybe back in the day, you know, they you weren't could, like, as piss advanced. On, you, you could, could piss, piss on the other dude. There was like an element. You could pee on the other dude. There was an element of peeing on the, your opponent. Right. If you had a bigger elephant, right, you got to go first. <laughs> um, backgammon was played in ancient Persia. Yeah. Go, the Chinese game. Yeah, isn't Go? Go's not the oldest game? Or it's the... Well, it's one of the oldest. So Go, the Chinese game, or the game... Well, what's, what is Go, right? It's it's on a yeah, played can you on explain a, what it, Go is. Not really. People? I've only played it a couple times. It's well, played on a gigantic board, a giant wooden board, and it has little dots in the wooden board. And if you ever played Othello, Othello is like an offshoot of Go. You right. place black and white tiles on the board, and depending on what position you're in, you can surround and take your opponent's pieces, and that could be totally wrong. Right. Go has a ton of little, small, circular black and white tiles. Black and white tiles. And yeah. the thing about Go is that although chess has more different pieces. Yeah. Right? Like, each piece in chess moves differently. Go does not. Go does not. They all move the same. But what's weird about it is that Go is actually more complicated. Yeah. More permutations of Go. It took a computer system longer to be able to figure out Go than it did chess. Yeah. And also, and Bobby Fischer has this critique on chess. Bobby Fischer? Bobby Fischer. Yeah. Do you have that ready? Bobby, Bobby Fischer has this critique on chess. Go, he said, takes more... Ingenuity. So chess, you can memorize more, and Go, you can't. Which I think is really interesting. Go is also really cool because you can have really beautiful bags of stones. It's like you can have a really epic setup. Right, Go. and if you're like if you're in a, a if you're a pretentious coder or a startup, you guys will play Go. We did. We we played some Go. That's where I played the Go. Um, yeah, we we only played it on a quarter of the board though, because I guess the whole board is so overwhelming that. I wouldn't even consider starting playing it's it. It's that fucking big? Yeah, it's that big. I, I don't exactly know how big it is, but we only played on a quarter of it. And I think the games just take a really long time. How is how, Does it have a timer? Like It must have a timer. It like must chess. if you're it really must. playing it. Okay, how, how was chess created? How was it created? Okay, supposedly the legend goes that a young prince in the Gupta Empire of India died mm. in battle. Yeah, the Gupta Empire. The prince's brother, he comes home, he, and he's trying to describe the scene of how his brother died to his mother. To describe the scene, he used an 8x8 board, which is what chess is played on, yeah. th- that was probably used for a different game, and he put pieces on it to convey the battle. And legend is that chess comes from this. Okay. Um, It also comes from the Indian—so it's like—the first version of chess was like the Indian game of Chaturanga. And Ch- Chaturanga is chess-like game, but instead of the bishops—the bishops are the piece that goes diagonal, diagonally. Mm-hmm. Instead of the bishops, there are elephants— Oh yeah, it's sick. You can you can play on okay. chess.com. You can play Chaturanga. So the only difference is that there's an elephant instead of a there's bishop. an elephant instead of a bishop, which moves differently. And instead of a queen, there is a minister, which is why it's placed next to the king. Mm-hmm. There's a minister, and it's a very weak piece. So instead of the queen, which is the most powerful piece, there's a minister. Okay, that's what they used to play. Um, Chaturanga then moved to neighboring Persia. And in Persia, that's where it's, it got its modern name, chess, as you as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Then in 700 after death, the Islamic Empire conquered Persia. And what did they find, Adam? They found chess. They found fucking chess. And through the Islamic Empire, chess was carried by traders on the Silk Road. And, the sil- and chess being carried by traders on the Silk Road stretched it from China to Europe. And by the thousands, it was being played by medieval court members in Europe royal caliphs in persia and shogun in japan so it was just like the 
sickest game that they had ever seen. So yeah, they basically like got chess and they're like, oh shit, this is sick. What were they playing before chess? Some Te- dumbass shit. Tag? Well, they were playing checkers and backgammon. Catch? You think they were playing catch? Catch with your paw? Yeah. I think they were playing spank the elephant, you know, like spank the camel. And yeah, let's see if the, if see if the camel right. won't you know spit on us when we spank it. Or right, pull, it, pull the tail. Of Games the camel. like that. Do you think? That, Games like when that. do you think that ball them up, stack them up? If you don't, if you guys don't know what this game is. This game is where you kind of like you stack your package up. By package, I mean mail package. If you're a male out there, and you sit across from each other and you throw a water bottle at each other's package, and you're not allowed to move. Yep. There's many different variations of this game. Yeah, it's called ball em up stack em Depending up. on where you are, but it's basically, you know, you throw something at your friend's wiener and they're, they can't move. Yeah. That's a game that's older than backgammon. <laughs> older. Than, it, might, it might be old as time. It right? is as old Early as Early Neanderthals. Time. If you see cave paintings, you'll see <laughs> some men, Neanderthals balling up their cavemen penis. Were sitting were, were sitting across from each other, throwing rocks at each other's wieners, and yelling that the other one moved. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And then Fun ca- game. Right. And then came chess, a more civilized game. And then they found fucking chess. You know chess. what You know what the king the king of Spain said when he got chess? He was like, great, now I don't have to throw rocks like, great, at my, my minister's balls, penis. My balls have been <laughs> killing me for forever. No more ball em up, stack em up No more ball em up, stack em up. Chess. Stack em up. Um, chess was then played so much in France that it was briefly banned. In the, in the 15th century, so fast forward 500 years from the 1000s when it goes on the Silk Road everywhere. In the 15th century, the weak piece of the advisor, Adam, as you talked about, it became the queen. Okay, okay yeah. And that is because of the rise of powerful female leaders at that time. Okay. Who, who else was it besides Queen Isabella? I looked up a bunch and just just didn't want to write them down. Just okay, yeah, just do nature did. All right, okay. So there this greatly accelerated European history is not a strength. No, this greatly accelerated the pace of chess. Around this time in the 15th century, chess's first master came around. It was a Spanish priest named Roy Ru Rui Lo, Lopez, mm-hmm. which is cool because Rui Lopez, there is openings still named after him. Yeah, to this day that you can learn. Um, just to show you how rudimentary chess was back then, one of his favorite tactics that he wrote about in a chess book was to make sure that your opponent was facing the sun. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what he his best opening. So they can't see the board. Face the sun. Yeah. Um, okay. Now let's talk about Bobby Fish. That's cool, but though, there is openings and counters called the Rui Lopez. I don't know. I don't remember what it was, but there is some something, right? What is it? Do it's, you remember what it is? Yeah. It's when so, you move your, if you move your bishop, if you... If you fucking what? What's it called? If you trap the knight, if you trap, yeah, I the can knight, tell you really know. Yeah, what you're talking I tell about. Really know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. If you trap the knight, then then they move the the pawn out. Then you move the bishop back. Yeah. and they move the pawn out again. Okay, we're gonna rely on Noah's chess knowledge for this podcast because Noah plays chess a lot. Tell him how much you play chess. I play a lot of chess. I play a lot of chess, and I I've like I've balanced out at around 1,200. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that Christian Pulisic from the U.S. Men's National Team, like the soccer player that plays on Chelsea, he plays a lot of chess, and he's on chess.com, and he's at 1,295. So my dream is to one day be above Christian and challenge him to chess. If you're listening to this and you have a rating that's higher than Noah's, please challenge him at chess.com. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's people out there. It's very it's, 1,200 is, is mediocre, I feel like. What's your username at chess.com? My username is Weitzman. And Weitzman, the very same. Yeah, N W E I T Z M I N. I have a picture of my dog. Okay. Just challenge me. On but chess. you do play a lot of chess. I, I love I love to play a chess. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about Bobby Fish. Bobby. Bobby Fish. Bobby Fisher. Again, maybe you've heard of Bobby Fisher. Maybe you haven't. But he is the Michael Jordan of chess. He's kind of like if Dennis Rodman was as good as Michael Jordan. That's more of what he's like. 
He's a very, very difficult personality. And honestly, we must, I'll just say it at the top. He absolutely hated Jewish people. Really? Yep. There you go. I'm really unfortunate because that really sucks. He, he's got a really good story. You know, he's got a really awesome story. And just what do you say? Jewish what do you people. say about the Jews? Some absolute shit. Just, just I will no. get to it. Okay. <laughs> I, I will get to it. Great. But like what I said, he had a IQ. Einstein had an IQ of 160. Bobby Fischer had an IQ of 182. Bobby. He was an un, he was unbelievable at chess and basically horrible at every other aspect of his life and just a horrible person. <laughs> Which is fucking really? awful because, unfortunately, Bobby Fischer is, was the first and still the only American world champion chess player. So Magnus Carlsen is not American. Norwegian. We made, I don't Norwegian? know why me and you thought that he was American. Does he have American citizenship? So, okay, I think right, he has American no, citizenship. he's definitely Norwegian. Okay. So okay. why is he American then? He's not. He's How not American. How can someone be not when they are? Go, we, we, it was either an error on chess.com or something. Listen, so Magnus Carlsen yeah. is the best chess player right now, and many consider him at least in the top three, if not the top player of all time. Okay, the top three players are probably Magnus Carlsen, who plays right now, which is awesome, uh, Gary Kasparov, and Bobby Fischer. We're going to go into Kasparov later. Okay, mm-hmm. more, on, more on Bobby. Again, hated Jewish people. Yeah, he's definitely Norwegian. Definitely, Max Carlson is definitely Norwegian. Yep. The best, um, yeah, I'll go. The best American chess player right now is probably Fabiano mm-hmm. Karuna. I'm definitely saying it wrong. Fabiano Karuna. Yeah. Car- okay. Um, but Americans, we've never won. We've never had a world champion besides Bobby, which blows because Bobby's an asshole. Bobby's an asshole. He hated Jews. Bobby's an asshole. He hated Jews. That's who we got. Really, and it sucks because he's got a great story, but it's like why don't it's why a Jew don't hater. You, you don't know that he's a Jew hater? No, 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 no. It's 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 on record. Oh yeah, big time. Like when he published like, 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 when like, he published like, in the New York let, Times, I hate Jews. Oh no, like just big let time me, Jew let hater. Let me get to it, right? Okay, and, and I'll, he's hated Jews. Okay, he thought there was a Jewish conspiracy trying to like get him. Okay, again, he's crazy. All right, um, Bobby grew up in. Have you ever had? Can I just say something? Yep. Have you ever had like a teacher in college? I've many of these teachers that they were a horrible teacher. You had no idea why they were teaching, mm-hmm. but you could tell that they they were really smart. Yeah. So I had a math teacher that, and we were all failing the entire class because he would show up 15 minutes late, covered in chalk, and and then <laughs> yeah. just like yeah, mumble. And we we're like, and we we're like, what the? F- are you supposed to be teaching us this? And then he gave us a test on it. Right. No, there are some teachers that just didn't, were on one or just didn't give a fuck. So, have you ever actually probably the teacher that you knew the was a genius? Yeah, but he was—I don't—you don't know why he was teaching, or they should just keep him in a box, right, to do that mm. one thing. Yeah, that's Bobby. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I got it. Okay, I, I like it. He grew up in Chicago and then New York during the Cold War. Um, the Cold War was a time that chess was absolutely dominated by the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Um, a country has never dominated in chess like they dominated. It's kind of like Koreans. Koreans it's like Starcraft. Koreans with StarCraft, right? Yeah. Um, by the time Bobby came around, the world chess champion was from the Soviet Union for the previous 35 years. Whoa. Before Bobby came on the scene. Damn. Okay, again, we've only had one U.S. Ch- world champion that won one year, mm-hmm. which, I'll, which I'll get to, Bobby. They had 35 years up to then. Yeah. They was absolutely dominant. The Cold War, so the Soviet Union, why were they so dominant? 
they saw chess as a way to, one, spread pop propaganda about the Soviet Union on an international stage, and two, they saw it as a way to educate the party of previously, like, laborers to, to, get, more, to get more with it, I guess. To get more intellectual practice? To get more intellectual practice. So they so, would rise up? So they would rise up. They saw it as a way to, like, educate the, the mm-hmm. labor party, which mm-hmm. they were run by. And yeah. then one to spread the propaganda. Why were they so Union. good at chess, though? Was it okay, very competitive? Because they were, they were so fucking into it. So because they were so into it, they had state-sponsored chess academies. Okay. Yeah. They had great chess infrastructure. Okay. So, so you, you went to elementary school, right? I went with you. Remember? Me and you went. Yeah, we went. Right? So there, they would go to fucking, if they were a chess prodigy, they'd go to chess elementary school. Just right away? Right away. You know, like, like, what's the Barcelona Academy called? La Masia. La Masia. There was basically La, La Masia for, for chess. Okay. Since there was no internet back then, Adam. Perfect for chess if there's no internet. Right. If all the best chess teachers were from Russia because they went to the best chess schools, then the best teacher, teachers would just, che- would just teach the new best chess students. Yeah. It's very circular, And it was right? a point of national pride to be good at chess. It was a point of national pride. They were using it, the Soviet Union for propaganda. They, they, they were all behind it. And it actually wasn't until the fall of the Soviet Union that a lot of chess ideas and the like the globalism of chess basically started. Okay. So they had all the good ideas, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, anyway, Bobby, back to Bobby. Bobby. At 14 years old, what were you doing when you were 14? Picking my butt, eating my boogers. We were smoking pot with our friend's brother. Yeah, I had smoked pot a few times. We, had, we were trying pot with our but little it, friend's brother. We're kind of like the Bobby Fisher of pot, except we don't hate Jews. Yes, right. we are Jewish. We are Jewish. Right. So we were getting kicked out of middle school classes for talking, mm-hmm. smoking, trying to trying to figure out pot, right? If a girl like trying if a girl looked at you for too long, right, you would get an erection. No, there was no girl. The, the girl But they wouldn't, was but the, there was no way they would because you looked like a monster. Yeah. No, the girl thing wasn't happening at all. I think it was mainly, are you mainly me? about the pot. The girl thing happening? Yeah. Never, 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 never. No, never. They were never. They were so uninterested in you, but you were so interested in them. Yeah, or the idea of them. Not them, you know, them, them. You were in class with. Well, them. they just the wanted nothing to do with them. you. You yeah. look like a creature. You look creature, you're 14. right? You're trying to go into a creek to take. It a takes a rip. long time to learn the the male to learn that they can't look like a complete. Yeah, like, one of them did tell master. me though. I heard that you're the Bobby Fisher of smoking weed. And I said, yes. And she said, wow, that's so interesting. Can you teach me how yeah. to take a B-rip, you know, in a right. dry creek hey, bed? Hey, one thing I'm trying, been trying to figure out, because I've been, I've been watching a lot, of, a lot of Halo games, professional Halo games. Yeah. Um, I, I, they show the crowd sometimes, and they have masks on. Yeah. But I do see some women in the front row. Okay. And what I, what I want to know more than anything yeah. is, are they yeah. attractive? Right. So have we gotten to the point in professional gaming where, where it's tra- cool. where, where it's attractive cool. girls want to be with the players? That's a super good See that? that's a great barometer. It's a great barometer of if something has become accepted. Accepted and not niche. It's a great barometer of acceptance when hot girls want to get with the players. It's a great point. Right. So, and what did you I what did you see out there? I paused the video. I've paused multiple videos to see. It's very difficult with a mask on. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. But I think I did see hot girls. Really, in the front row, like waving the flag of the professional Halo team. Yeah, I like the professional Halo players. You're like these guys are great. Then they zoom in on them. Woo. Yeah. Still haven't. You know, they might be good players, but this the hygiene and the you know the well, taking care yeah, of self you know, still hasn't gotten there. Genius, genius manifests itself. You know, very. 
in one way, very vertically. It doesn't spread out horizontally across all the skills, it seems Yeah, like. well, have you... What, is that Was that a Malcolm Gladwell book or was it a podcast? Which, which one? The one where he talks about, like, there's this dude that... He talks about that genius just doesn't... It doesn't matter what, how smart you are past a certain point. A cer- I, I don't know. For success. No, I don't remember. So it doesn't matter really that if Bobby had 182 IQ, if he wasn't playing chess, that IQ doesn't necessarily mean that he would have been successful in anything. Yeah. Right, because right. there's that dude that's not successful at anything who is super smart. Right. Yeah, I think the he point. Goes into that. The point was that if you're that much of a genius, you're actually going to be very different from other people, and therefore it makes it be very hard to assimilate, right, and get along with people, which you need to, right. to succeed. Sometimes you might also, but like Bobby thought, you know, that there was a Jewish conspiracy out there. Yeah, get him. not good, not good, right, not good. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, Bobby at 14. This is what he's doing. He's winning U.S. Chess Championships. Yeah. He is becoming the best player in the U.S. It was the start of a seven consecutive U.S. championships when he was 14. So he's just 14 years old beating beating grown men that have played chess all their lives. Crushing them. How did he get so into chess? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But he's just crushing people at chess at 14. At 14, he's the U.S. champion. 14 years old. 14 years old, he's the U.S. champion. Yeah, okay. Okay. In 1956, Bobby played what is known in chess as the game of the century. And it's studied ex- extensively. Mm-hmm. The reason it's studied extensively is because Bobby lost his queen early in the game. And he showed that you can have less material, which means that you can have less pieces. But if you use those pieces in combination perfectly, they're more powerful. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he's just a savant. Yeah. Okay. Bobby goes global. Remember, again, the Soviet Union was dominating chess. America and the Soviet Union, they don't like each other. Right? Yeah, Amer- like the U.S. kept trying to use Bobby as like a like a figurehead, but Bobby is kind of an a hole, mm-hmm. and so he would always say he plays chess for Bobby Fischer. He doesn't play for America. He didn't get it. He, he didn't get board. it. He wasn't on board. He with didn't it. get like why it's the country would want him to represent. You know, it's a yeah. big deal. Yeah. He's playing Soviet Union players, and he just didn't care because he's not a good an in- not a good interview was Bobby. He's an asshole, a hole. <laughs> really? I was reading the story about him, and I was like, "Oh, this is so cool!" And I was like, "I kind of wish the Soviet Union dude won." Because I got to be honest with you. Can you give some examples of his a holeness? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, some some examples. Yeah, he spent um in the world the world chess championship. He spent like a year arguing with the organizers and the current champion champion of where it should be. Mm-hmm. People think that he was basically playing chess outside of chess. Oh yeah, this no, is a whole that's called there's, 3D chess. There's tons, called 3D chess. To that 3D there's tons chess. of theories about this mm-hmm. about Bobby. Let me just keep going. He qual he he qualified for the Canada's tournament, which is basically like the Masters. Okay, mm-hmm. it's an international tournament of all the best players. Yeah, the winner of the Canada's tournament mm-hmm. gets to play the world champion one on one for the belt. Oh, the belt. Okay. Okay. So he's going to the candidates tournament, and he's he thinks he's going to win. In that tournament, though, how old is he? He's very young. Okay. Yeah, okay. I wish I knew, but he's he's very young. Yeah. In that tournament, he fell short, and he there, he famously accused the Russian players because almost all the good players are Russian. Yeah. He accused them of colluding by agreeing to draw all their games, their games against him to conserve energy. Yeah. So is basically, it, is it true? When, I mean. It might be true, but then there's a lot of things that he said that are crazy. Okay. So it's really tough to know, but it could very well be true. Mm-hmm. And, and what, he, what he means by this is that 
the Russian players to save their mental strength, they would just play super defensively against him. I understand. And, and just go for. I'm explain. I know you understand, Adam. Mm-hmm. But there's a, no because right? I have 180 IQ, so I understood <laughs> You're even, like, even before such a you Bobby said Fisher it. Move, even right? before you what said you it, what you just did is that I, I'm explaining something, and you being kind of a Bobby Fisher, you just kind of say a comment, right? Yeah. So he was like, the Russian players are cheating. Also, fuck Jews. Thank you. That is it. Thanks for <laughs> yeah. the press conference. He's like, the Russian players are, players are cheating. Jews have something to do with it. Goodbye. <laughs> right. Bobby Fisher Bobby out. Bobby Fisher out. <laughs> Bobby Fisher Bobby out. out. It's such a bummer how much of a dick he was. All right. So he did He did that. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's crazy, too, is that Bobby Fisher hated Jews again. But, like, there's a lot of movies made about Bobby Fisher. Yeah, it wasn't in the... What's searching for Bobby Fisher is the movie I'm thinking about. Right. Right? Was there anything in there about him? Searching Bobby Fisher. I don't really remember the plot too much. It's about this kid who has two different chess teachers, one from the streets, you know, one from the parks, and one from the school. And I I don't know, he gets better at chess and he has like two he has like two birds on his shoulder at all times and it's all about his personal life too. I don't know. Anyway, in that movie kind of rich dad poor dad situation. It's kinda like that. In that movie, there's no mention that Bobby Fisher was an a hole or he was Super anti-Semitic. No, right. I didn't know that he was an a-hole and anti-Semitic until I did the research on it. And now mm-hmm. when I realized it, I realized that I actually wanted Bobby to lose most of his games. Well, it's not like there's something on Disney Plus that's like, hey, Walt, this is Walt Disney's history with the Jews. Click well, on this. Crazy, yeah. That's the crazy thing about Disney Plus. He was a Walt Disney also hated Jews. Yeah. Hated them. Hated them. So like, you, you're mad with it when you don't log in to Disney Plus. There's not like a banner that says, by the way, Walt Disney hated Jews. Yeah. Yeah, it's not in there. Fucking hated him. I, it was okay back then. What happened after the uh, the first Russian tournament? Okay, so after that, in 1972, Bobby takes some time off. He writes a book about chess. He wins more U.S. championships. Then in 1972, he comes back. He says he's going to be the world champion, right? He wins. He he goes to the candidates tournament, okay, mm-hmm. and he absolutely demolishes. So these games are a first to six, mm-hmm. right? And he beats his opponent in the quarterfinals 6-0. to zero. He beats his opponent in the semifinals 6-0. And this is crazy because... This is with no drawing. As no black. drawing. As black. And it's, it's crazy because... Can you talk about how common it is to yes. draw as black? Yeah. No, as black, a lot of times, you're just trying to draw. Because you're you at that second. level. Right, yeah. Because you move second. Um, and these chess... The chess scores are usually like 6 to 5.5. Like, they'll literally win. These dudes will win by a, ha- a draw. Yeah. So him winning six nothing is unheard of. Yeah. So he wins the quarter six nothing. He wins the semi six nothing, and he qualifies to to play the world champion. Okay. Okay. The world champion at this time was named Boris Spassky, and he was of course from Russia, the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the match was publicized as a Cold War confrontation between the U.S. and Russia. Okay. There had been it had been thirty five years of world championships from America. Oh, sorry, from the Soviet Union. Okay. So it's a big fucking match, So this, right? is, this is Miracle on Ice. It's Miracle on fucking Ice. Miracle yeah, that's on a good the winning chess board. It's Miracle on chess. It's fucking huge. Okay? And this is the thing. This is where Bobby starts playing 3D chess. Yeah. Where is it held? Where are these tournaments held? What? That is such a good question. The, uh, here's the issue. Yeah. Okay? So a lot of people argue that what, what he did for the world championship off the board was just Bobby playing chess. Because mm-hmm. chess is a game about finding a tiny little advantage and just using it to the max. Okay. And so Bobby, being kind of an idiot savant, thought think maybe he just uses that in his total life. Mm-hmm. Because the world championship, it was postponed for almost a year 
because Bobby kept going back and forth trying to get it moved to different locations. Yeah. And the the world champion Boris Spassky was like was like, "Hey, I'm the world champion. You have to like come face me." This is back in an age where res- of respect. This is back in an age of respect. Of course, right? now, right, it would be expected that you would be like, you know, fuck this person. Have a whole Instagram post about right, how shitty know, they are. Right, right, but right. But really, it would just be to try and like, like build up the. But hype. back then, it was respect. Right back, back then it was about respect. Okay, <laughs> okay. so, and also this is go- this is, it, and it still is, the most publicized and watched chess event ever, even with Twitch now. Yeah, even with tw- even with Twitch now, because it's basically the U.S. It's it's like a Cold War going on, and this is like the Cold War. No, yeah, no, on the board, it's a big deal. But again, Bobby Fischer is a dick, right? And doesn't want to represent the U.S. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. Right? When a lot of people would care. Okay. Um. So, Bobby Fischer argued with the tournament people for a year. He said that he wanted specific pieces. They got the pieces. He said he wouldn't play in all these in all these countries. Boris Bosky was like, come on, like I'm, I'm the world champion. Mm-hmm. Finally, he agreed to play in Reykjavik, which is some random... Iceland? Is that Iceland? Yeah, re- or is it Sweden? Some random-ass place. And they think... People think that Bobby was just trying to wear Boris Bosky down mentally before uh, the game. Yeah, it's the capital city of Iceland. Okay. So they had never hosted a major tournament before. Now they're about to host the biggest tournament, the biggest chess match ever to be played okay weird weird okay. spot but so okay. bobby kept fucking going it got to, and then then once they were done with that then he said that he wanted the prize money doubled and they're like what the fuck right and then he said that he said muhammad ali gets this much money and i want he said that chess is no different i want that much money okay okay so he's playing 3d chess right yeah eventually they they agree to double the prize money okay. so he actually wins he checkmates them yeah, he checkmates he, them. He 3D chess checkmates them. So they agreed to everything that he said. They agreed to everything that he said. Okay, Bobby Bob, Bobby checkmates them. Was he working with a promoter? Did he have an agent? Like, you know how now these big athletes have camps, right? They have yeah. their agent. They have their family. Like, their dad gets involved and stuff like that. Right. Was that going on with Bobby or is just Bobby being Bobby? It's Bob, Bobby being Bobby. Eventually, they double the prize money. And the leader of the chess commission that, like, hosts the world championship, he called Bobby a chicken. Oh, chicken. Call him a chicken. He said, he said, he, there's like a quote from him. He said, he said like, you're a chicken. You don't, you, you're just trying to avoid playing Spassky. Okay. Okay. So Bobby fucking, Bobby agrees to play. Spassky then says that he won't play unless Bobby apologizes publicly. For his rudeness. For, for being a dick, which he was. Mm -hmm. And Bobby eventually apologizes because the prize money is a lot now. Okay. He says, what do you say? I'm sorry for being a dickhole. I'm sorry for being a dick. Okay. For a year, basically. Okay. And then. Okay. And then, and then they fucking finally. They sit down to play, okay? In Iceland. But the but the drama's not over. No, it's okay, not. The drama's not over. Okay, Spassky is sitting at, at the table, right? There mm-hmm. are video cameras and people all around them. This is the biggest chess match ever, mm-hmm. okay? Spassky is sitting. He has white, so he goes first, okay? No one's been able to find Bobby the entire day. He's just peased out? No one. It, it is like 10 minutes to the match. How many matches are they going to play during this? I think. Is it Six. I can't, I think it was a best to six. Yeah, it's not like a one-off, right? No, I think it's I think it, no no no. They play a ton. I think it was a best to six. Okay. Okay. No one finds Bobby. So Spassky is sitting there, right? It's ten minutes before the game, mm-hmm. and no one no one had seen Bobby or been in contact with him. They're like, "Where the fuck is Bobby?" Mm-hmm. What? It gets to like two minutes. Bobby is nowhere. Okay, 
And then the game, the game fucking starts, right? It gets to be time to time to start, and Spassky just moves. He just moves, so he doesn't waste his time. Yeah, and is like, I guess I'll just move and wait. And so they're sitting there. Ten minutes goes off the clock. This is a classical chess game. They have hours of time. Okay, okay. but it's just super rude. Okay, so isn't it now? Now it's in classical chess. You get fifty minutes, and then after a certain number of moves, then you get like another fifty minutes. Yeah, like I, check marks. I, I, I wish, I wish I knew exactly. I think it's like the first. 40 moves are within an hour and then the rest are within two hours okay yeah um just for for reference the games that you play online are 10 minutes are 10 minutes right right so I, this is an this eternity sounds really boring yeah this sounds horribly excruciating and boring the games i play online are 10 minutes which is awesome mm-hmm. um so anyway spasky moves and he's sitting 10 minutes then 10 minutes late bobby bobby just shows up yeah he shows up doesn't say anything to anyone shows up he shakes Spassky's hand, sits down, and they play in place. Yeah. Um, and people think it was just a mind game to mess with everyone. Where was he? Was he on the grounds sitting in his car? He's just like sitting. He's like sitting. He's Here, sitting. What, in, I, what I'm kind of getting from this is that he doesn't have any kind of entourage. No. No, I don't think he had very many friends. Yeah. Does he have a wife? You didn't have wife, kids? No. No, definitely not. No, 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 no. He didn't have many friends. Okay. He's just not like the dude that you want to be the the best American chess player ever. No. He's not this dude. No. But he is. Right. Unfortunately. I love you, Bianca. Right. Or Landon Donovan. Status. But Landon fucking yeah. Donovan is a staple of the But this he's country. a saint. But he's a fucking Saint, saint Donovan. Saint yeah. Donovan. Right. Yeah, you put respect on his name. Right. Um even though he did talk like a like a twelve year old girl. So which Bob, was bad for interviews. Bobby shows up. Okay, yeah. Listen. It's the first to, to win six games. Yep. Um Bobby loses. Bobby's winning the first game. Fuck yeah. He's fucking dominating. America. He's fucking dominating, right? Where'd my eagle sound? Then he, I don't have it. Keep going. That sucks. He's dominating the first game. Then he makes an absolute fucking blunder. Like a crazy blunder. Said that people gasped in the hall when he made it. Yeah. But it's fucking Bobby. So people think that he's just like next, next level. level. Yeah. But it's a really bad blunder. I'll show it to you. It's a super bad blunder. He ends up losing the first game. After losing the first game, he refuses to come play the second game. Oh, and God. he says that he will yeah, it doesn't doesn't stop, right? He's just a dick. Yeah. He says that he won't go play unless all of the cameras be removed. Mm-hmm. Um and he's he's literally so much so not going to play, he forfeits the second game. Why? So he's down 0-2. Yeah. He's about to leave on a plane and Henry Kissinger, the Secretary of State, calls him. Oh, okay, and says, and is like, is like, hey, you really have to play because it's it, it's bad for bad. It looks press really for bad for America but, right but now. Doesn't so Bobby doesn't Bobby not care about America? What did he tell him? He doesn't care about America. Somehow, somehow, he convinces him to play. Okay, okay, um, and not only does he convince him to play, but also Spassky, the Soviet Union guy, being a nice guy, he just said he said that like, no problem, we'll go to a room without cameras. Yeah. Which is really nice when you think about it because he is the world champion. Bobby's about to leave. He'll stay the world champion. But mm-hmm. he was just like, he loved chess. That he wanted to play against Bobby. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Uh, but other people say that Spassky's decision to allow Bobby to play him in a room without cameras was like the beginning of his defeat. Wh- why? Because Bobby's playing 3D chess. No, I get Bobby's doing a whole circus. But he's also thing. being an asshole. Yeah, he's doing a whole a whole thing, right? Right. But Spassky, right? He, you know, game meets game. You got to be the best around. 
around. All around you, man. Have you seen that movie? The best of the best. It's called The Best of the Best. It's a karate movie. Nope. Okay. Well, they have that song in there. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. So you mean the best all around, right? That's what you mean? Yeah, he, he probably has a burning desire to face the other best player in the world and test himself, right? Yeah, he has a burning desire to do it. But but if you if I was a world champion, I would say, fine, leave, and I will remain. And then I will remain world champion. I'll remain world right. champion. But this is this is another time period. This is a time period of respect and honor. Right. This is a type of respect not like, and honor. Not right? like my, you know, my tape company just like ramming it through Amazon. <laughs> right. Right. If every little respect opportunity and honor. This is a time of opportunism now. And back then it was a time of respect. You know, an honor, a man's code, a man's no, word. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um anyway, Fisher comes back. Bobby comes back. They're playing in a quieter room this time. He's down 0-2. It's first to six. Mm-hmm. Somehow he gets black for the next five games. Oh, it's not like back and forth even? That I don't know. so don't know. dumb. He gets Black for the next five games. He ends up winning all five. And remember, Black is a disadvantage at their level. Yeah. He ends up winning. By the way, look this up if you don't think if you don't, if you if you don't think it's right. If you don't think it's right, just just you know, write me. Sure, something I'm saying is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um he gets black for the next five games, and he ends up winning all five games. Then in in the for his sixth and final win, he plays such a masterpiece. Yeah. Such a masterpiece that when the game was over, Spassky stands up and gives him a standing ovation. Because he was just... Because although Bobby was such an asshole to Spassky for over a year and during the game, he just played such an absolute masterpiece. So Spassky's married to the game is Sp- what I'm getting. What I, you you kind of like Spassky more. Yeah. He's like the game Spassky's is the game. Spassky's just married to chess. He just married to chess, right? Yeah. And he saw just like something that he's never seen before in game six, mm-hmm. some beauty, and he stood up and just started clapping. He saw a man take flight, elevate, elevate. He saw a man take flight. Another thing that Spassky said was that Fisher was famous for only playing two openings. He played with White. He played where you, if you move the pawn in front of the king up to, it's it's the, the opening. King's pawn almost, opening. It's literally the opening that everyone does. Yep. And then as black, he plays the Sicilian, mm-hmm. which is on your right side, bishop moving it two up. But he only he only played that opening, those openings. Yeah. Okay. When he when he got to play Spassky, he just did shit that he had never done before in any of his games. Smart move. Right. Right. Well, Spassky thought studied. it was amazing in that. He was just he was winging it on the biggest chess game ever. Yeah, it's which is which is crazy. So Bobby kind of was so next level that he was really playing against himself at some point. He was so next level that he could play openings that he had never studied before in a in a in a finals match like this. So if you think about the best people ever, right? You think Bobby Fischer for chess, Tiger Woods, you know, golf stuff like that. You know, Le- LeBron, Michael Michael Jordan for basketball. Where is Bobby Fischer? Yeah, I like that. Is he like better than Jordan? Because he's just well, there's a couple problems. reinventing the game. Yeah. After he wins game six in his masterpiece yeah. against Spassky, yeah. right? Spassky stands up and gives him a renovation. He wins for America, even though he fucking hates America. Yeah. Um, he disappears. And three years later, there's a new there's a new challenger to the world championship. Yeah. I it's the world champion with chess. It doesn't happen every year. You have to like get to a point and be like it's like boxing. It's more like boxing in that way. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So three years later, there's a dude who's ready. But that's why. But that's why it's kind of weird that there wasn't more of an a entourage crew that he had because, like boxing, well, from what I know about boxing or back in the day, if you're first and second, you have to like promote and try to get that match done or that match on the schedule. I agree. I agree with you, but I think that Bobby, being Bobby. 
He didn't make friends. Yeah. No, like, I, gotcha. I don't think he was able to make friends. But but he did use boxing as an analogy to get more prize money. Okay. Yeah. And he did get the prize. Um, so anyway, he disappears. Yeah. There's a world gone. champion that's ready to challenge him three years later, and he just refuses to play. To play. How do they find him to ask him? I thought he disappeared. He just doesn't. Good why, question. Why doesn't he want to play? Not sure. They Wait, but I think, I think in boxing you have to. There's only a certain amount of months you can go without doing a fight because you no. can't hold the belt no. forever. That's right. so dumb. Well, it, it wouldn't work for the entertainment industry. No, and that's what it is. No. So yeah. So basically, someone's ready to challenge him. He won't appear and defend his title, and so they. He's the only world champion ever to not appear and defend his title. Because why would you not do so that? So they take it from him. So right? they take it from him. Yeah. And so when when you say like. LeBron's like LeBron and Tiger Woods. It's hard to compare Bobby to them because he only has one world championship because he only played in one world championship. He was so mercurial, right? He was such a crazy person, such a crazy person, such an enigma, such an enigma that yeah, it's hard to put him in a box, right? Yeah, in fact, they weren't able to. I mean, he at all. I mean, they barely got him to play the first world championship against no, Bosky. So what happens to Bobby? Is that it? He disappears. He goes on into self-imposed exile in Budapest, Japan, Switzerland, the Philippines. He finally becomes a citizen of Iceland. Um, eventually, Iceland, we're back at Iceland. He was a fan of Iceland. Yeah. Um, he played a a a rematch against Spassky for money in Yugoslavia, which was a big deal because Yugoslavia was invading Bosnia at the time, and the the U.S. was like not down with it. Mm-hmm. And so he's basically supporting Yugoslavia. Yeah. And so sounds like a real Bobby move. Yeah. Then he then he because he did that he was trying to leave Japan. He gets put in jail for nine nine months because the he there's you know yeah I don't whatever. really know he's just a fucking he's he just doesn't care. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. On okay. So on September 11th. Yeah. The day of the Trade Center attacks. Okay. Okay. This is a little rough, but I'm I'm gonna read it mm. just so you kind of know what kind of guy Bobby is. Okay. Uh, the Data Trade Center attacks, Fisher told a host. So he pops up every now and then on radio, even when he's gone. He pops up every now and then on They're radio. They're like, God, we can't get Kobe. You know, we can't get Phil Jackson. So we'll get we'll Bobby. Just someone go find Bobby. So every now and then he'll just pop up on a radio show. Yeah, AM radio. Right? And uh, he pops up to rant about the United States, and he pops up to rant about an international Jewish conspiracy that was trying to take him down. Okay. Okay. So September 11th, again. This is what he told the host after the attack on the, on the radio show he popped up on. He said that the attack was wonderful news because, as he put it, the country w- – this is a quote from him. The country will be taken over by the military, and they'll close down all the synagogues, arrest all the Jews, and execute hundreds of thousands of Jewish ringleaders. That's a quote from Bobby Fischer. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Is that tough? Oof. That is fucking awful. That's tough. All right. And Bobby then died at 64. The same number of spaces on a chessboard. Wow. Yeah. He died, literally. Isn't that crazy? Died of just being an ass, just being a huge freak. He just died asshole. of being an asshole and yeah. alone. No one, no one wanted to save him because he was a dick. Wow. You don't, you don't hear about the dick, the dick part. That's the what's fucking part. crazy. Well, you is know, that it makes sense. There it's- are... I, I, I think I, think I chess.com has it really good. Of the, of the 10 best chess movies three of them are about bobby fisher yeah and bobby fisher wanted jews to be executed he hated jews Jeez. okay so anyway yeah that's it that's our only american world chess champion is bobby fisher yeah there you go dick 
dick. Uh, one thing about Bobby that's that's interesting too is that oh he went on opening theory, and what he means by opening theory is you can basically memorize the first five moves of a game, five yeah. to ten moves of a game. Yeah. And in fact, if you don't work on this, it's gonna be very hard to be good at chess. Okay. Because opening theory is like the first five moves by everyone. He hated opening theory. He said that opening theory had ruined chess and mm-hmm. that like computers coming in had basically ruined chess because instead of it being a game about innovation and creating stuff, chess chess and in the computer age and modern day chess is about memorization. memorization. So he was a purist. He is a purist, and he hated that chess was becoming more about memorization than about intuition. Yeah. And that's one of the cool things about Go, is that Go is still more about intuition than chess is. Okay, so where is that same common sense for, for the Jews? Right. Where, where is there's the dude at 14 being the U.S. chess champion? Why is then, – then there's the comments about the international Jewish conspiracy. Like, what, where is – where is the genius ending and the, like, the moron starting? What do you make of it? What do you make of it? It's fucking crazy. It just where is this ge- there's this genius. Yeah. But then there's this idiot too. Mm-hmm. Where and where are they where are the synapses in the brain that are wired one way that gives a genius one way and a an moron the other way? I understand. Okay, good. Anyway. Nothing. He created um, a variant called Fisher Random that I actually really want to play. And he said, and because he wanted chess to still be about intuition and not memorization, mm-hmm. it's called Fisher Random. You can play it on chess.com or chess960. Yep. Um, it is a random starting positions. So, in, so you get all the same pieces and you, it, they're completely randomly started. Oh, uh, so it makes you better. So it makes you. It puts you in weird situations. Well, it's a cooler game it's because instead game. of just memorizing all these opening moves, it's you have to think differently each time. I like that. Yeah, I kind of want to play it more. It makes it's great. It's actually cooler. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, Gary Kasparov. Yeah, Gary. Okay. Gary is the antithesis of Bobby because oh, Barry's a good dude. Gary. That's the thing about Gary. Mm. 10 years after Bobby won the world championship, Kasparov, at 22, he became the youngest player ever to win. Kasparov is from the Soviet Union. Okay. But. He's actually been kicked out of Russia. He had to, he, so he lives in New York now. Why has he been kicked out of Russia? He had to flee to New York because he supports the pro-democracy movement in Russia. Again, Kasparov, good dude. Yeah. He supports the pro-democracy movement in Russia. He has a whole thing about it. He's big, he has a big nonprofit for like chess education to help. Oh, so he was able to take, people. to take his chess smarts off the board. Gary Kasparov somehow was able to chess take the chess smarts. He advises companies on tactics and strategy. Yeah. He somehow was able to take chess off the board and he's a good dude and genius outside of it. Mm-hmm. He has nonprofits, he speaks, mm-hmm. he's he's good. He's a good guy. Yeah. Okay. Um the reason I bring him up is cuz one of his most well-known games is when he played Deep Blue. Deep Blue is the supercomputer that IBM built, the first supercomputer that could p- play chess. Yeah. And so the famous game is Kasparov playing against Deep Blue. Yeah, Deep Blue. And when you see a picture of this game, it's Gary sitting across from a man, but the man is just looking at a computer screen, and he's just moving the pieces based on what the computer says. Before this time, no one thought that you could make a program that would be able to beat a human in chess because mm-hmm. the program wouldn't be able to think for itself. Um. Kasparov, he saw the game. He was like, he saw the game as man versus machine, and he thought that it was his job to defend mankind. He took it very seriously. 
Um, and he the first time, so the first time he plays Deep Blue, Kasparov wins. Mm-hmm. Okay, a year later they tinker with the engine. They they research more of Kasparov's game. I mean, it's not fair when you think the, what we know about computers now. You people now we have enough knowledge about computers to kn- to know that there's he didn't have a chance, right? Of course, yeah. Anyone would say that now, right? Anyone would but say that now, then, but back no then, no. Yeah. So then they analyze his games further for a year. He comes back in a year for the rematch against Deep Blue, and Deep Blue beats him. Yeah. And he like runs out of the exhibition hall. He's visibly like really upset because he felt like it was showing that AI was going to take over. Yeah. And and no, the totally the, the people at that time. It was a. They kind of thought that too. That it was just a huge loss for humans. But when you put it into context, right? It's that kind of closed environment that computers are so good at. Right. Yeah. Kind of like Bobby Fischer. Yeah, like Bobby. Right. And they can't really do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, Deep Blue, the computer. If you see a picture of it, it was the size of size of like a huge bookcase. <laughs> it was giant. It was literally a giant computer just to beat Gary Kasparov in chess. Yeah. Okay. Now, just to give you an example, you can download a chess engine. That would destroy Deep Blue. That is way more powerful. You can download it on your computer on a web app. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's crazy. What happens? What is the best chess? When I talk about chess engine, it's like the best computer. So the chess computers, they get better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So the best chess. And we have we have like the computer chess.com is the computer chess championship. Yeah. Where computers play against each other. Right. Yeah. I was going to say. And it's awesome. I, but haven't haven't we solved chess? Where solved meaning we understand, or the computers understand, what is the most optimal move at each step? We have we have solved chess, but yeah. still, the computer chess engine Stockfish, it still beats the other the other some of the other engines like Hindu or Alpha Zero. Okay. So even and but there's such a small difference between them that grandmasters can't can't notice it. A human can't notice it. Okay, do they wipe the floor with the grandmasters at this point? Yeah. So they wipe the floor with the grandmasters. So basically, Magnus Carlsen, yeah, possibly one of the best players to ever play, possibly the best player to ever play chess. Mm. And the player with the highest ELO, Adam, you're going to get into ELO. Yeah. The player with the highest rating of all time, mm-hmm. Magnus Carlsen, again, I'm a 1200. Magnus Carlsen is a 2882. Mhm. Okay. Stockfish, the, the which is the name of the... I don't know why it's called Stockfish. Don't know. It's the name of the best chess engine that we've ever developed. It has an ELO rating of 3,400. Okay. That's crazy. Because it's crazy because it's substantially better. Magnus what is on a mission that we know of from watching the Agadmator videos, chess videos. You should check them out. Yeah, check out Agadmator YouTube channel chess To get videos. to 3,000 classical chess rating. 2,900. 2,900, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Not to get to 3,000. Right. He's on a mission to get 2,900, which would be crazy for a human. But these these computers, they're at 3,400, which is, it's unattainable. Unreal. It's Unreal. Un- so they are way better. Way better. Way better now. Yeah. Okay. It's not even close. Yeah. Um, cool thing about Stockfish, again, Stockfish is the name of the most powerful chess, chess computer now. It is uh, completely open source. So it's been made by many different developers. You can just work on it if you want. Wow. Super cool. Yeah. Um, also, it's free. So you can download it and play you can download, it. I have downloaded it. Yeah? Yeah, it's totally free. That's awesome. Super cool. Um, another interesting fact about chess players and weight loss. It's been documented that chess players, they, can, they lose thousands of calories in intense games. So like when Kasparov plays Deep Blue or Bobby Fischer plays Spassky. They have they they lose thousands of calories, 
Um, because the games are so intense, the concentration is so intense, it goes to a physiological level. You can see Robert Spolsky studies for Stanford University on this. If yeah. You want to look at it? Um, Fabiano Caruna, who I've, I mentioned before, he's one of the best, if not the best American player right now. He said during tournaments, he goes in weighing 135 pounds, and he usually comes out weighing 120 pounds. What? Yes, he, he loses, loses 15, 15 pounds? pounds. They lose thousands of calories a day. Even though the games, the games are, are hours long, they're that intense. They're hours that long is more intense. intense. It's way more intense because you are thinking and trying to memorize the next 20 moves against someone that is super fucking good. So it really, at that level, it is an intellectual endurance contest at that at that level it's an intellectual endurance contest yes yes absolutely he, he loses 15 pounds you just look at so what is the look relationship at the studies that's Stanford. crazy how is, is that, that possible during these during these chess matches like the tata tata steel championship was was happening now which yeah. is a tournament's been going on since 1938 mm-hmm. um those dudes playing they're fucking losing thousands of calories in one game it doesn't make any like, sense well their concentration is so next level yeah Wow, it's crazy. They went to the astral plane. They went to the astral plane. <laughs> okay. But like when you look at them, when you look at these the chess masters, Karuna, Bob Fisher, they're super fucking skinny. Mm-hmm. They're like a rail. Yeah. Okay. Halftime honey. Okay. We're going to take a quick musical break, and after that, it will be time for the halftime honey. This is the halftime honey toast where we discuss and celebrate some absurd science in the news that is somehow related to our episode. I find the story and no response has immediate thoughts. Yeah. So I raise my cup of coffee. Absolutely. To Chess Up, which is the company that made a light up chess board that shows you the strength of your moves in red, green, and blue. So just like what? you're playing online, they have a physical board. It's called Chess Up. And if you're move and it shows you what moves you can do so you can get better with a physical board. Oh or you can play someone that's really good, and you can handicap the other person that's not as good. You can give them a handicap. Oh, it's my super God. Super cool. Oh, yeah. my God. You see it? Oh, my God. When am I buying this? Yeah, right? Oh, this is so sick. Isn't so awesome? It's a way to play. So, basically, when you play on ch- uh, on the computer, yeah. you can run your game back, and just it'll show you where you made a mistake. It makes you a lot better. This is a way to play on a physical board and have that same kind of feedback. Yeah, exactly. What do you make of it? It's fucking awesome, and I want one. I just looked at it for pre-order. Yeah, I'm literally sweet. looking at it right now. It's three hundred and fifty dollars. Mm. That's a sick product. I love it. <clears throat> okay, no, I'm going to talk about the Queen's Gambit effect quickly, and then I'm going to talk about the yellow rating system. Okay, okay. The Queen's Gambit effect is basically just a good example of what the Netflix effect is, and you can guess what that is just by the words. When something comes out on Netflix, because Netflix is so prolific and it's in so many households that it has a disproportionate effect on the culture and the things that we like and the things that we do. Right? right. Okay. So as of now, 37 of the 1600 international chess grandmasters are women. So not very many, right? 37 of 1600. 
Okay. The best woman chess player is Hoi Yifan, a Chinese woman who attained Grandmaster at the ripe old age of 14. Jesus. Yeah. She's currently 83rd on the active rankings. So apparently, to get to Grandmaster, your ELO has to be 2,500 or you have to do well in specific tournaments is how it works. Like you were saying, you're a 1,200 Pulisic, Christian Pulisic is a 1,300. Our friend Mike Bradshaw is a 1,600. It's, it, which is nuts. Which is nuts, right? Magnus is a 2,882. Kasparov, at his highest ranking, was 2,851. Yeah. Anyway, so what is the Queen's Gambit effect on chess at large? So the user base from before the show to after the show on chess.com increased by seven times. What? Four months after the show. Seven months. Seven Yes, 7x increase. This is from some guy on Medium who's a data scientist and he's doing data analysis on this Netflix effect. And this is what he picked to do it, to show. Yeah. That's fucking insane. Yep. They so, seven, wait, hold on. Hold but on, here's the thing, on. though. They yeah. have seven times more customers? Seven times more users four months but after the show. Here's what I find insane. Yeah. It just, we talked about the river of life yesterday. We yeah, talked the about the river of life metaphor. Talk, Give people the river, talk about uh, the river of life. Okay, the, the river of life metaphor that me and I'm talking about yeah. that we just came up with yesterday is that life's basically a river, right? Mm-hmm. And you go down the river. Go down the river. And you can turn the direction of your canoe and try and steer as best you can. But really, the river has a lot of power. And there's not too much you can do sometimes. Yeah. You just try and paddle. You can try and paddle. So the river of life, chess.com didn't pay for. They didn't pay for the Queen's Gambit to be made. No. They didn't they didn't do anything for it to be made. But they got a giant but influx. But they of got users. more marketing from the Queen's Gambit to be made than anything that they could ever pay for or do. Now, sometimes in your river, there's, you know, there's good things that happen in your river. There's crates full of bounty. Right. It's just but it's just and sometimes, insane. you know, someone's trying to sink your boat in your river of life. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. The first thing when I tell people that I play chess, the first thing they ask me is have you seen Queen's Gambit? Yeah. I say I, I haven't, but it's because I'm not a watcher. I don't like watching things. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is that COVID is taking place, right? So before Queen's Gambit even, the amount of users on the site was increased twofold just for COVID. And the way that this guy did the study is really smart. He studied countries where Queen's Gambit was not released. So like China apparently doesn't have Netflix. So there was no Queen's Gambit at all. So in China, in 2020, you, when, when the show was released, you see the increase 2x, and it doesn't have this seven times increase like yeah. it does in the United States yeah. or in, any other, in Europe or in any other country. You can see it. It's really, really, really clear. So while chess membership is still up or people are interested in chess on these sites, it's, the Queen's Gambit has just blown it out of the water for the U.S., it's That's pretty crazy, crazy to think Netflix about thing. how much effect Netflix has on the things that we like and do. Anyway, so another yeah. another way to see the Netflix effect is Bridgerton. There's a 65% increase. This is reported by eBay and Amazon. Increase in searches for embroidery hoops, corsets, and tea sets. Went up by 65%. Damn. Yeah, there you go. We need a fucking Netflix show. We need the Netflix say, effect. Dude Nature. I listen to... Yeah. Dude nature. Right. We need a straight to Netflix movie, you know, like a rom com where they're listening. They're like, this podcast is funny. Right? We need to get in the background with the dude nature shirt on. Yeah. Or something. Right? Or you know, or whatever. What if, or or a fucking show comes out about two dudes podcasting. Yeah. I like this. Right? Bang. Yeah. You know, it's totally unrelated. 
It would be perfect. Right, we're just waiting. The ELO ranking system, Noah. Okay, again, again, what's the ELO ranking system? The ELO ranking system is the modern way that we rate chess players against each other. Yeah, again, I'm a 1,200. Magnus Carlsen's a 2,885. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So what we were using before was something called before something called the Harkness rating system, which was designed in West Germany between 1942 and 1992. That's when we used it, before ELO took over. So in the Harkness system, it was tournament-based. So... It, it, this is going to get a little... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. Okay, so if we played a tournament together, the first two games, your average rating is 1,200, and my rating is an 800. If you win both games, your rating would increase to a 1,300. It's a pretty simple calculation. That make, see, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Because if because your 800 is so much lower than 1,200... It should, it should basically, I should win almost every time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what people said was wrong with the Harkness system is that the rating, you would unfairly go up way too high. Right, and for instance, one thing, Magnus Carlsen trying to get to a 2,900. Yeah. One of the problems is that he is the top rated, so he is beating players and going up by one point. Yeah. Whereas like when I beat a player, I might go up by 10 points. Yeah, exactly. So you'd go up way too high. Right. Okay, so this is... This guy named Arpad Elo, like the Elo rating system. His name, his last name is literally Elo, E L O. He played in the United States Liked Chess himself. Federation. Yeah, I What's guess. What's up with naming things after yourself? What, what would you name it? What I wouldn't would name, name shit after myself. It's weird. What would you name something after? The ranking system? Yeah. Exactly. I fucking. Do you want to leave your stamp? I'd on have the world? a better fucking name. No, because I'm not a fucking weird. Bo- <laughs> that's a Bobby Fisher move. <laughs> yeah, that's Bobby Fish. You're just name it after yourself. Yeah, like literally, he named his chess thing Fisher. It's Fisher Random or something. Yeah, is but- his, his is his random chess starting position thing. Okay, what would you name it? Just sick rating system. Sick rating system. The rating system that's sick. That's better than the hard big ass rating system. Rating system. Big ass big rating. Dick rating system. Uh, he played in the United States Chess Federation, and he was not down with the Harkness system because I thought it was stupid. Okay, he wanted to make a new system that was based off the players' performances. Oh, he played chess, yeah, on average, instead of it being based on the tournaments. And to simplify, the way it works is it calculates your percentage of winning. So, if we played against each other, I calculated it out, you would have a ninety percent chance of winning a 4% chance of losing, and a 6% chance of drawing hmm. somehow. Can you believe that if we play together, you have a 90% chance of winning? It's That's the crazy thing about chess is how much better you can infinitely get better. Right. So basically, if this is true, I should only win 1 in 20 games against you with draws. Wow. Right? If you played Christian Pulisic based on the ELO rating system, Christian Ballistic, American soccer player, you would have a 30% chance of winning and a 56% chance of losing and a 13% chance of drawing. Wow. Yeah. That seems pretty accurate. Yep. Because I think if I, if I played a 1300, I would probably lose most of the time. Maybe I'd get lucky a little bit. I don't know if I would beat you 20 times in a row. That doesn't seem accurate. I think it's cool with the ELO, ELO rating system that if you plug in the numbers, you can actually figure out what's the percentage of games you should be winning at that rate it's really good though yeah it seems like generally accurate it's pretty accurate right right so it's used in a lot of other games besides chess it's used in go backgammon scrabble they all use elo magic the gathering used elo 
but abandon it because it discourages advanced players from actually playing the game because they would just stay at their rating and they didn't want to keep playing. So instead, now it uses cumulative points. You can see why that would be bad for Magic the Gathering, right? They need people to be playing the game. To buy the fucking cards. To buy the fucking cards, yeah. Right, exactly. get it. it. That sounds like a business decision, though. College football used ELO between 1998 and 2013. So cool. And then scrapped it for the college football playoff, which is now chosen by a selection committee. But how was their... But I bet their ELO rating was better. Yeah. Yeah, right? They would calculate the percentage that they were likely to win against the other team. But and now it's put that in, And then people. you put that percentage into points that you yeah, get exactly. winning or losing. Exactly. And that's how they also do, you know, college football, they do their ranking. They do their ranking still with ELO. So it's basically the, the expectation of you winning. Yes. Put into a point system. Put into a point system against, yeah, against an average opponent. Right. Okay. Uh, women's World Soccer is the only sport governing body to endorse the ELO rating system. And it uses it in its official world rating. That is so Not tight. men's world soccer for some reason, but women's world soccer. And how does that work out for them? I, I, I mean, it's fucking cool. That's I don't know. really cool. Because when, when FIFA releases the men's rankings for world soccer, it doesn't make any sense. Like, the U.S. was seventh, you know, last year, which didn't make... Wait, well, how the what? fuck is that possible? Yeah. Right. The U.S. Yeah. was seventh ranked. Right. doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. Um, so, they're just they're pulling it out of their ass. It's the, it seems like the only it's an reason. Asshole. It seems like the only reason to not use the yellow rating system is business decisions. Yeah, pretty much. Or else, because that is the best rating system. Uh, in video games, ELO is very important. So you can actually rank individual players for invitation to certain tournaments, or to get sponsorships, or to be on certain teams. Why doesn't Halo use the ELO rating system? So Halo does use a version of the ELO system. Okay, it uses a version of it. Overwatch and CS:GO, Counter Strike Global Offensive. Those are the probably the two biggest esports right now. They use something called Glico Two, which is a modified ELO system. In what way? I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not sure. It's hard to figure out. But it's uh, it's based on it. PUBG, oh, which is like what is it? Players Unknown, Battleground, whatever. Yeah, uses actual ELO rankings. Okay. Um, Halo, what we play, uses sort of a modified ELO in tiers. And then when you right. But you said that in Halo, it's easier to gain than lose. Yeah, it's a little bit gamified where you can't lose your rating like you can't. So in chess. again, that's that's it's a, just incentivizing it's you to play incentivization more. Incentivization to play more. I think most interesting is the use of ELO in dating apps. In dating in apps. In dating apps. Yeah. So this goes all the way back to when Mark Zuckerberg came up with FaceMash. So in the social network, in the movie, you can see the ELO rating system. That's on the the whiteboard. Eduardo Saverin is writing it out on the whiteboard. The mathematical formula for ELO. Okay, what do they use it for? Okay, so Tinder has been accused of using ELO so rating cool. system. Yeah. What do they use it? What they for use what? it to rate users' attractiveness. That every user gets oh an attractiveness score. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. So oh my they god. pair you with other users of the same attractiveness rating, ELO rating. That's genius. Yep. They and they not, ELO rank you. The thought is to match you with someone who is similarly attractive because as they say, that's how attraction works in the real world. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. But Hugh Jackman, right? He is ELO right. score. He would be like a master, grandmaster. Grandmaster ELO. 2800. He'd be his 20, wife would be like an 800. is like an 800. So what's up with that? Well, this is why we, we did an episode of this. This is why the dating apps don't work. It's because you can't actually, you, you, you can't figure it out with a computer. It doesn't translate to computer. L- the love doesn't translate to computer. Yeah. Okay. So, 
I would fucking die to see my ELO. In t- the Tinder, so, the Tinder ELO, yeah. Don't you wish that there was? Wouldn't you that, love to see your ELO? Wouldn't you fucking love to see your ELO? Or like, oh, I'll never be able to. I'll never be able to date to date her. She's a fucking. She's a twenty one hundred, and I'm a twelve. Exactly. Right. So it works pretty simply. When someone swipes your profile, when you swipe right or whatever, you gain points. And when you swipe left, you lose points. And it depends of the expected on, on the expected on their score. Oh my god! If they have a higher score, so if someone who's like grandmaster, right? Maybe, you know, a model or an actress. Swipe, they swipe you. you. Yes, if she's going to shoot up, you're going to shoot, shoot up. It's like winning like a tournament. points, like winning a great tournament, right? right. But like, if someone who is a who is who's super ugly, if they fucking swipe no on you, you're going to go way down. So of course, Tinder has tried to kind of squirm away from these accusations that they did. Here's what they have, they say on their website right now. Can't wait. A few years ago, the idea of an ELO score was a hot topic among members and media alike, and sometimes it still is. Here's the scoop. ELO is old news at Tinder. It's an outdated measure, and our cutting-edge technology no longer relies on it. Bullshit. 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 While our matching system cares about what you like and how you like or no profiles, it also cares about your potential matches, too. If it didn't, then it wouldn't be very good at making matches. More than $30 to date, by the way. So, why... They why f- would they not use it? I, I mean, like, it makes no sense why you would use the it. The last thing they say is, based on those prof- profile ratings you received, there was a score in the sense that it was represented with a numeric value in our system, so it could factor into the other facets in our algorithm. So they use yeah, it. by score, they mean by your, the score, ELO they mean your ELO rating system. Yeah, exactly. So, fucking, if you're on the dating apps, you have an ELO system. Oh, my God. That is, that's just, it makes total sense so they're still why that would work for their app. Yeah. So you've you, have you a definitely have a rating. You have a fucking rating. You have a Wouldn't fucking you rating. you want to see what the rating is? I'd want... Honestly, no. Because, <laughs> like... But you, know you can I mean? increase your rating. You can increase your rating. But you'd have to increase it by doing, like... You know what I mean? It'd be artificial... Oh, man. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Sorry. I would want to would see, it just be like learning an opening? Want. Would it just be like learning an opening? No, here's what I want. Just like in chess.com, how you can go over your game and it shows you the moves you did wrong. Yeah. I'd want my rating, and then I'd want tinder's engine to show me yeah what's going on is it that one picture of me and my boys yeah is it is it that you know that one thing on my bio yeah which one is it which one is it and they you can know, point it out to you what's the defense called with black sicilian you, bishop the sicilian you know what would be the equivalent of the sicilian is it you with a picture of your shirt off playing guitar is that would that be a sicilian you, know, you surfing was that a sicilian right or is it just yeah me in the beach alone with the guitar is that like a fucking, you know, three bishops, three three knights opener? What about the Hugh Jackman effect? Maybe there's a super hot guy that doesn't want to date, you know, models and actresses. Maybe he wants to date an 800. You ever think about that, Tinder? So, well, here's the problem with him. Yeah. So Hugh Jackman's on there, right? Yeah. Hugh Jackman, if you didn't know, he is an ugly wife. Okay, I'm just, I'm sorry. but it, Sorry, it, Hugh, if you're listening. I'm sorry, Hugh, and I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to your wife. people, but it's true. Okay, so, and, so Hugh, Hugh's on there, right? Yeah. He swipes yes on his wife. The problem is, is that Hugh's rating would go down. Down, yeah. Hugh's rating goes down, but hers goes way up because he was expected to not swipe. Right, but on that her. would mess it up. Yeah, it would mess. It, yeah, it does. It does. The Hugh Jackman effect. But then he'd be getting swiped. Yes, by every. You know, he'd be getting so many swipes, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. So if you're still on Tinder, think about some ways maybe you could raise your ELO score. You know, maybe right. you with the cats. Maybe take that guy down. Maybe that's you and the cats. No, take the cat one down. Take the cat one down. I love Trump, right? Not gonna. It's not great for your ELO rating. Depends, probably depends where you are in the country for that one. Wow, right? Geographical area ELO rating. 
So you think you could have a low California ELO, but a very high, like, Mississippi ELO? Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, real high. Real high. All right. We're going to do one more break, and after that, it'll be time for the open kimono. This is the open kimono where we freely talk and discuss our final thoughts on the topic and leave nothing to the imagination. Let me remind you guys. And go quickly so that people can go back to their we're, rooms. Yeah, we're, we're podcasting in the living room. People are trying to come in the room. They're trying to come out. Yeah, the room Tetris is happening. Okay. Hey, my open kimono is that Bobby Fischer, uh, one-of-a-kind chess genius, um, unfor- the first American and only American world chess champion, unfortunately, a huge asshole who hated Jewish people. And just a really bad dude. And it's a huge bummer. And very weird how there's lots of movies made of Bobby Fischer and they just don't mention it at all. Weird. And it's not like it's hard to mention. It's not like it's not like uh, we're guessing. He just said this stuff on radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Gary Kasparov, the antithesis of Bobby. Good dude. Somehow he was able to take his genius outside of chess. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh He's the first one to lose to a chess computer, uh, but he was a great grandmaster and good dude. And, yeah, ELO rating system is crazy, and the Tinder thing is definitely still happening because it would totally work for an app. And it's fucking nuts. Yeah. My Apple Kimono. Oh, my God. I have another thing. Yeah, Sorry. go ahead. Um, if, if, if I was in the front office of, like, a sports team. Sure. yeah. Wouldn't you try to love assign it. players in ELO? This. I was going to say this. I would love. Why have they not done that? If I was in the scouting department, I would say, "Hey, we're signing ELO. How can we get the entire player, every player, boiled down to one number? How can we get every player boiled down to an ELO and therefore rank them and therefore get an ELO points ranked into how much we pay like, for them? Objectively, this player is a twenty-two hundred, but based on our system, maybe he could be a twenty-six hundred, that- and we can get him for cheaper. Why would you not do that? It's it would be awesome because it would be very hard. To, how would you, how would you rate some people on the same scale? How would you rate players on the same scale? Well, some I mean, sports are difficult. easier than others. Like basketball would be easier than soccer. Right. Probably. Soccer is difficult because less data points. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But it'd be great. It would be very very cool to see players on an ELO rank system. Well, I mean, it would really help your scouting department, right? What if this player was available for cheaper, but and he, he had, had a, good a, ELO. a good ELO. Just that people didn't know it. It would be it would cool. You'd make a lot of cool decisions like that. Sick. Anyway, I think ELO is super cool to think about. If you're on a dating site, here's what you need to do, okay? One way to get out of ELO hell, it's called, I guess, is when you're stuck in, e- in your ranking, just make a new profile. 
Because then, then you shoot up quickly at the beginning. Once you've established yourself at a certain level of ELO, then it's harder to go up incrementally. Right, because you, right, you have more weight. Right, so make that, make that if new you're in profile. App and you're, oh my God, if you're in dating app and you're swiping and you're seeing just dogs out there, dog, dog you, man, might be, yeah. you might be stuck in a bad ELO because of the weird cat picture you have. Yeah. And you might not picture. be able to get out of cat picture. Or you picking your nose, you know? Not advisable. Right. Yeah. But but that nose pick might haunt you even though you change the photo. Right. Or what? just eating it, eating the booger, you know? Maybe not that. Links. A Gadmator chess on YouTube. We really like watch it all the time. Yeah, He's I love great. it. You'll love it. It's good. Chess.com is, is a fantastic it's not only is it a place to play chess, it is just one of the best apps ever made. Fantastic place to play chess. You a play fantastic on your phone, place to play chess. Laptop, whatever. Shout out to Sarah's boyfriends. I hope they're more like Gary than they are like Blobby. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I definitely hope so. Totally. Right? You can find us on Instagram at dude underscore nature. And please, if you like the podcast, we would love to hear from you. Go to our website at dudenature.com and scroll down. You'll see a form that says, say what's up. Please write us a note in there. Tell us what we got wrong on the podcast. If there's something completely different, like Gary Kasparov is actually from Jamaica, <laughs> let us know in the form right. we'd love to hear from you or Anything you can you send say. us a message on instagram if it's easier mm-hmm. if you want some advice on your dating pictures you can also send us that too fuck yeah whatever doesn't matter ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. we love you guys we Thank love you for you. listening Bye. Bye.